This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, January 21st, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with an elite multitasker, just like Bernie Sanders. His name is Jerem Jordan. My wife feels otherwise, but yesterday, Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, a lot of Bernie Sanders uh, memes and uh, pics yesterday, but BYU Sports Nation tweeted out that he was, uh, you know, he took his glove off and he was looking at something. Well, it happened to be a clip of uh, BYU Sports Nation, which is kind of cool. How about that? Bernie, welcome to the show, man. That's the inauguration. He's watching clips on social. So uh, welcome, Bernie, to the viewership. Really good stuff. And I feel like I need to come to... Your defense, if uh, Whitney doesn't feel like you're an elite multitasker, well, because maybe. I share an office with you, Jerem, and you are the elite multitasker. I'm okay, but maybe at work I'm more focused than home. I'm just like single-minded, <laughs> like, what's on TV? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. That's a fair take. Whitney's better at uh, multitasking than I am, for sure. Okay. Yeah, typically uh, that's how it works, right? That's it. it's, it's, it's how it works. Hear <laughs> Here's your show lineup as we try and multitask our way through this. Game day for the Cougars and Pilots at the Marriott Center. Odds, not surprisingly, favor BYU heavily, who currently own a nine-game win streak against Portland. But Mark Pope remains on edge. Why? College basketball stats guru Ken Pomeroy on what BYU does best right now and where the Cougars need some work. Plus, your midseason basketball awards and BYU football tight end Matt Bushman on his pitch to all 32 NFL teams as he recovers from a torn Achilles injury. Bring on today's BYUSN headlines. It's a ball night in the Marriott Center. The Cougars return home for the first time in a month. What? Play Portland, 9 Eastern on CBS Sports Network, pregame on BYU Radio an hour before. Mark Pope says Portland can shoot the three. Yeah, they're actually a talented team. Uh, they they really put, put five guys on the floor, a little bit like San Francisco, that all shoot the three really well. Pilots lead the nation as well in percentage of points from the free throw line, 27%. So they get to the line a lot. Cougars have won nine straight versus Pilots, as you mentioned. Have never lost. Uh, Cougars have never lost in Provo to them. 22 and a half point favorite base. 22 and a half. This is expected to be a blow. So there is something to that 22 and a half point line, Jerem. Looking at what BYU has done, I'll get to this in a minute. But the, just that's Vegas, called a tease. Vegas knows. Vegas knows. A rather large game day for BYU women's basketball as well in Portland for a showdown of second and third place teams against the Pilots. Tip off set for eight Eastern. The Cougars currently part of the next four out in Charlie Cream's latest bracketology. They're the fourth okay. team out. And uh, don't forget, the Pilots won the WCC tournament last year. Big uh, big upset. They have some stars there, so let's go. Women's volleyball picked to finish second in the league to the 2020 champ San Diego. In the ABCA preseason poll two weeks ago, BYU ranked 16th, San Diego 23rd. So those are the clear two top two teams. Three Cougars are preseason all WCC and setter Whitney Bauer, outside hitter Taylor Ballard-Nixon and blogger Kennedy Eschenberg. BYU women's soccer led by star Michaela Coulihan revealing the 2021 spring schedule that will actually count. I'm getting used to this. Game number one, why not start it against Utah at Zions Bank Stadium on February 6th? Yeah, so they're going to play indoors instead of playing uh, outdoors here. Um, So exciting stuff that 
we're going to have a ton of sports. We're going to talk about it later, <laughs> including baseball. The schedule's out as well. Men's volleyball out soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cougars start the season February 19th through the 22nd at Texas State. This is a rematch of the football game from the fall. Beat the Bobcats. Then four at Texas, then three at Oregon State, then three with Utah. Woo. Dixie conference play starts after that. So uh, it's going to be play uh, fun. With Utah, BYU's going to play three days in a row, but two in Provo, one in Salt Lake. So home, road, home. It's going to be fun. I saw Mike Littlewood uh, send out a picture on the social media platforms yesterday of January baseball days on the turf. Beautiful. 50 degrees in January. What is this in Provo? Don't worry, the snow's coming. But it's okay because that field can melt snow, right? Whatever. It's ready to rock. Let's go. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball halfway home to what they hope is a warm homecoming return to the NCAA tournament for the first time in six years. Jerem, to celebrate the midway point, today we present the always prestigious BYU Sports Nation Mid-Season Hoops Awards. Today's show features an A-list celebrity appearance lineup, including, of course, Jerem Jordan, Cosmo the Cougar, the Deli Gnome, Spuddy Buddy, and I'm your host, Spencer Linton. In non-typical award show fashion. said A-list. That's Cosmo. I don't know. Jerem, we do things a little differently here in Studio B, obviously. Yeah, it's not Studio A, it's B. We're going to begin with the biggest award first and make nobody wait for the big announcement. No, don't bury the lead. The first category of the day is Victory of the Year, and the winner is... San Diego State. Mm. BYU wins at Viejas Arena in front of a cardboard show, but do so in dramatic fashion as an underdog. BYU's got a number of solid wins all on the road for that matter, Jaron, but we all were kind of shocked by this one just because of how well BYU played for most of the game. They were up double figures on San Diego State for a majority of the game. And won by double figures, which is crazy. Closed out really well. Uh, San Diego State was ranked 18th. Um, was undefeated at the time, I believe. So this was a huge win. The reason that Utah State isn't because Utah State, San Diego State's off the bubble right now or on the bubble just out. Utah State's firmly in, in fact, better than BYU at the moment is because we expect to beat Utah State. BYU's won, wait for it, nine in a row against Utah State. Ten is coming. Let's go. St. Mary's could be argued as the best, just the second win ever in Moraga. But uh, San Diego State takes the cake because when you beat a ranked team on the road, and I know since then it hasn't worked out, that's a big win. So that's that's probably the uh, the victory of the year. There you go. A non-conference win on the road against a ranked opponent. And a rivalry at that. That's a, that's. I, I would argue that's BYU's, what, third biggest rival in basketball? Yes. I would go Utah, Utah State, San Diego State. Is that fair? St. Mary's. Oh, St. Mary's. Mm, so probably fourth. Fourth. Because, well, Gonzaga's in the. T- okay, it's in the top five. We slid down. <laughs> Talk it out. Yeah. It's nice that we have multiple options here, Jerem. There, there are like five teams that I think are rivals in basketball. In football, I can only say that about uh, Utah, Utah State, Boise State. At the, half, at the halfway point, BYU has three wins in the victory of the year conversation. That's yeah. nice. Well, and That's you nice. know what we didn't even mention? Utah by 18. I'm telling you, when you blow a fool out, you forget because you're like, well, there was no drama yeah, there. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that later. Like with Boise State and football, we kind of forget because it wasn't a classic. It was a classic blowout. That's what yeah. it was. Okay, one award down. On to the next one. The, the play of the year, mm-hmm. and the winner is 
Brandon Averett's three-pointer against San Diego State. Has to be. Now, this wasn't the game-winning point or shot. Felt like but it. But it, it felt like it, yeah. 52 seconds left. It made it 66-62. San Diego State didn't score after this. They had rallied. I mean, they had furiously rallied from down like 15. Yeah, and, and this gave BYU some presence. Shot clock kind of winding down there. 12 on the shot clock. Bang. So, uh, shot of the year. Alex Barcelos, or play of the year. Alex Barcelos clinching free throws at Utah State. Up one, Connor Harding throws that length of the court inbounds pass. Alex catches it, gets fouled, makes it a three-point game. Utah State misses. Um, it wasn't, again, it wasn't the game-winning shot, game clinching, but those were notable as well. Yeah, it's interesting, as we, you know, and I want to touch slightly again on the victory of the year. The most valued win of the year right now is probably Utah State, but the yes. way that San Diego State happened and because of we, Brandon Averett's heroics yes. and the play of the year, all we, of that adds we to We dismiss it. Utah State because it's Utah State, <laughs> right? It, it, but we should value that. Yeah, we're talking it through. Hey, AB's done some other things really well, too, Jerem. Yes, yes. You know, uh, and we need to include uh, the best use of steps in a haircut award for Alex Barcelo here. Um, and uh, just best shooter, over, best shooter overall, man. Which He's brings there. us to the next award, which is player of the year. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And the winner is, you give it away, it's Alex Marcello because yeah. it's so obvious. It's yeah. so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, best shooter, steps in the hair, player of the year. Listen, there was a play at St. Mary's that really um, accentuated this point. Alex Marcello got fouled under the basket, and all four players ran over, ran over to help him up. If I fell over, no one would help me. Oh, you know what I mean? Don't, don't sell yourself short like that. You're right. Maybe one guy from the other team. But all four... Of his teammates helped him up. That told me everything I need to know about what kind of teammate he is and what kind of leader. It was great. He's like he he's been incredible. You know the one eighty thing we talk about it field goal three point free throw percentage one eighty. If you're above uh-huh. one eighty, you're like an elite. Was the Jake Toulson thing last is that year? One ninety three. Yeah, I have. have that <laughs> what? It's pretty good. What? Uh, he has more rebounds than Matt Harms per game. By the way, four point three, third on the team, leads the team in scoring assists, threes, shots made, minutes. I would say he's the best player. Yes, I can hear Mark Pope right now. This Alex Barcelo, this, he's what? the coach on the floor. I don't even need to do anything anymore. Why is my voice so high? When Mark gets excited, his voice goes up here. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that's I am exactly serious. right. I am serious. Okay, next up, the second best player on the team award this goes to Brandon Avery. Okay. This was a hard one. Yeah, there was some debate, uh, but we go with B.A. here. I could see Matt Harms as the other uh, potential second-best player here. I think because Brandon has been big-shot Brandon and has two been big so games. clutch in two enormous Indiana games. State, St. Mary's. That gives him yeah. the edge. Yeah. Clearly, Alex Barcelo is the guy. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I am serious about Alex like Barcelo. like or something. But Brandon Averett, because of the clutch scenarios, that gives yeah. him the edge in this award. Yes, he also wins best rebound off your own block shot and put back at the end of the shot clock in a big road win. Okay. Uh, longest hair and uh-huh. co-best Utah Valley transfer. <laughs> so congratulations. He's third in scoring on the team, second in assists, leads the team in steals, second in three-point makes, and number one in clutch shots in big road games. So okay. Brandon Averett, how about that? Not to be confused with Brandon Averett. The ABBA backcourt <laughs> dominating the awards here early. Yes. Now... I want to ask Mark if they written. Are we supposed we're, to wrap we're being it up? Ushered off because we're we need to go to the, the next, next category. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm still going. <laughs> Shout out to all of Brandon's family in Texas. I want to thank Brandon Averett's family. <laughs> okay, we get it. We get it. On to the next award. 
the surprise player of the year. And the winner is... Oh, it's Caleb Loner, oh, okay. Mr. Hercules, Bill S. Preston Esquire. He is the surprise player of the year. Socrates? Socrates, yeah. He also wins best celebrity doppelganger, uh-huh. best hair, uh-huh. best wardrobe, uh-huh. best transfer from Utah. Oh, he's sweet. So he it, is sweeping through these awards. Yes, he is. Uh, off the bench, as a freshman, he started four games, leading the team in rebounding. Not to mention, he missed his first million threes. He's now 6 of 28, so uh, 21% overall. But since then, he's been like a 30-ish percent. He's getting that swagger. His three-point shot and the struggles early remind me of what Yoli Childs went through early as a freshman and sophomore. But it got better, and I I expect Caleb Lohner's percentage to get better. BYU beats Utah State in part because Caleb goes 3 of 4. Well, and he's thrust into the spotlight because Gavin Baxter's not playing. Yeah, because he's hurt. Yeah. There you go. It wasn't like Gavin was like, no. Right, right, right. Caleb Lohner, the surprise yes. player of the year. Surprise! True freshman. Like burst out of a box from Utah. It's like, what's this from up on the hill? Uh, okay, next award. The best grad transfer slash foreign player. Mm. A lot of options on this one. Matt Harms, congratulations uh, in the BYSN Hoops midseason awards. Matt's been awesome. Like, massive get for BYU in April. So great to have him. He impacts the way that BYU plays defense. He has 16 more block shots than anybody else on the team. How about that? Okay, 22, He and then he affects a lot, like you said. It's been awesome. And the way that BYU's been able to play defense, and BYU doesn't have the same offense. BYU's not the same offense as last year, but BYU's an equal to or better defense than last year because of Matt Harms. Defense travels. That's why they're winning big games on the road in ugly travel, fashion. Whenever you say travels, I think of like a traveling violation. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> defense travels. Defense travels. Oh, shoot. But it's totally legal WCC in this instance. Ref. All right, on to the next award. This is the last one. Hype man of the year, and the winner is Big Rich, Richard Harward, who took a wealth of awards as well, Jerem. Not only is he the greatest hype man, he's the offensive rebounder of the halfway point, worst facial hair transition. I've missed his mustache. I really do. Best forearm tattoo. (laughs) And probably because there's so many. The all the best, spots, I'm not getting it on the forum. <laughs> Probably the best interview of the year based on uh, what you encountered at the scrimmage early this season. Big and scary, boys. Hey, BYU basketball is best because we have the best locker room in America. We're all big, mean, lean, shot-making machines. Yeah! <laughs> big, lean, I, mean, shot-making I, machines. I didn't even ask a question. He literally just walked over the mic, said that, walked away, and I was like, Okay, All right. Thanks, Rich. I, I love it. So there you go. No one else will bring you the midseason awards. I just want you to know that. That's a, that's a BYUSN exclusive today. It's, I don't see anybody else doing that. Been our pleasure to present. Go ahead. And, always prestigious. Go ahead and try, Ben. BYU Sports Friddle. Nation midseason basketball. Don't, even, don't even try, bro. Come on, man. Do you have a favorite award that was gifted out tonight, Jeremy? Uh, probably worst facial hair transition okay. or best forearm tattoo. Okay. Mine is best transfer from Utah. I think that is <laughs> just a winner. <laughs> that is an absolute winner. It didn't go winner. to Boothcatch. <laughs> Our question of the day. Who do you think is the second best BYU basketball player at this point of the season? Jeremy and I said Brandon Averett because of his big shot moments. It might be Brandon Averett. Either one. This like, Brandon Averett! Like, what? <laughs> Let's hear from you, BYU SN and Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Ben Peterson in on Twitter. 
says, I feel like there is a different person that steps up for each game. I have been most impressed with the energy and production that Harward brings off the bench. So a nod what about Richard Harwood. What about Richard Harwood? Because he showed up last weekend as well. It, it'd be interesting if Harward was because he's coming off the bench. You don't really want your second-best player to yeah. be coming off the bench. Otherwise, you'd start him. But, I mean, on some teams, that's the case in the NBA. Yes. But, well, well, I would argue third or fourth-best player. You need, like, your three best players to definitely be starting. In theory, your five best yeah. players should be Along starting. with the Harwood thing, am I crazy? But I felt like the commentators kept saying BYU trailed the entire game against St. Mary's. And I'm like, there was one pretty sure that BYU had a lead early in the game. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the finest hour. And they kept going down that path. Listen, it gets weird. <laughs> We're being, I'm not now. done. I got, I got more to thank. I'd like to thank, uh, uh, John McBride. I'd like to thank, uh, Michael Miner, Dave Phillips, all of Steve Scott Bushman. Hill, J- Jason Parker. Yeah. Coming up. All right. All right. All right. Coming up. Our favorite obscure Zach Wilson stats. And let's get geeky, but in a cool way. Inside the numbers for BYU basketball with the guru, Ken Pomeroy, next on BYU Sports Oh, Nation. look at the flow. Look at Ken's flow. Wow. Yes. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU hosts Portland tonight in the first West Coast Conference home game of the season. Can you believe that? Listen to pregame coverage via Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio. Uh, tonight, coming up at uh, 8 Eastern time, then the game on CBS Sports Network, BYU Radio, at 9 Eastern. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We just wrapped up our BYU basketball midseason awards. Congratulations to all the winners. But, Jerem, we left one award off. And with that said, we welcome in Ken Pomeroy, college basketball stats guru. He joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Look Clearly, Ken, you hair. win the best hair of the midway point of the BYU basketball season. Congratulations. You beat out Caleb Lohner. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, how's it looking? It's, uh, you know, got a few split ends going, but... Uh... <laughs> Ken, when's the t- it? how long have you been growing that hair out? Uh, since March 12th. So uh, really the uh, Rudy Gobert plus one uh, is what I call it. The day after uh, the, the jazz game got canceled, I uh, saw the, the writing on the wall, went out and got my haircut and uh, have not been back since. Man, 10 months. That's, that, that's incredible. That's incredible dedication. <laughs> yeah. Almost as incredible as your dedication to the numbers that you put out on KenPalm.com, which brings us to this. According to the numbers, what does BYU basketball do best right now in the Ken Pomeroy Index? You know, they do a lot of things uh, well. They're not great at anything. Uh, this is, And I think that's the personality of the team when you're watching them. You know, you just don't see a team that's going to just, you know, dominate necessarily from the get-go. Uh, you know, they're not going to go on explosive runs, maybe like they did last year. Uh, but uh, but they're just solid on both sides of the ball. And over the course of 40 minutes, you know, that, that wears down a lot of teams. Um, I guess if we're going to focus on a couple of things or maybe one general thing, it's really their, their two-point percentage offense and defense. Uh, both of those rank in the top 50 in the country. And, you know, if you want, uh, if, if you want to have a strength, really, I think it is your two point percentage, uh, whether it's offensively or defensively, that is something that is, is very consistent over time. And, you know, even though we're, we're 14 games in the season, normally that's not a lot of games to judge a team on. Uh, it's very encouraging. And, and I think bodes well for the future that, uh, you know, basically their two point percentage uh, is good on both sides of the ball. It was hard to know exactly what we were going to get from BYU after last year when BYU had an amazing 
run at the end of the season, beats Gonzaga, mm-hmm. loses dramatically in Vegas, but BYU was going to be a dangerous sixth seed in the tournament, according to Lenardi. And then all of a sudden it's like Alex Barcelo and some other guys, right? Yet BYU's 11-3, and three, and depending on who you ask, uh, in the bracket firmly or barely on, is BYU better than you thought they would be this year? Yeah, they are. I mean, I you obviously had those same concerns. I mean, they had to replace uh, just a lot of, uh, you know, really productive players from last year. You know, obviously, uh, that really that trio of Yoli Childs and, and TJ Hawes and, and Jake Toulson. I mean, there's a lot of offense from those guys. Uh, and you just knew that, uh, you know, they wouldn't quite be the same offensively. Um, but, uh, but, you know, they've come back pretty nicely. I mean, they're, you know, 58th on offense and 50th on defense. So, you know, it just kind of speaks to the fact that they've been pretty solid on both sides of the ball and, and the offense has been good enough. It's obviously not, it's not going to be at last year's level. You can't just like create that out of thin air, but, uh, but it's been pretty solid so far. Ken Pomeroy with us on BYU sports nation. Where do the Cougars frankly need some work if they hope to make a nice run back to the NCAA tournament for the first time in six years? Yeah. I mean, you know, they're uh, again, they're pretty solid in most areas and the areas where they're not solid are, are places where, uh, you know, it's kind of normal for a, a Mark Pope team, uh, you know, the one area that is maybe a little concerning is as they commit uh, too many turnovers, you know, 210th in the country in turnover percentage offensively, committing a turnover on 20.3% of their offensive possessions. Uh, however, uh, again, this is a, sort of a staple of a, of a Mark Pope team. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you, it sounds bad. And you think like, oh, you know, we always want to have, you know, as few turnovers as possible. But, you know, any offensive system, you, you know, if it's going to be somewhat dynamic, it has to take some risk. You're going to have some turnovers. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, Mark Pope teams tend to be, you know, below average in terms of turnovers. So yeah, that's not a super troubling area. Um, you know, they also don't get to the free throw line that often. But again, kind of a normal thing for, uh, for a Mark Pope team. Uh, you know, last year was an exception, certainly in the turnover department, but for the most part, his team just get it done by, you know, basically shooting efficiency and, and they're, you know, not a great three point shooting team this year. That's another area of concern, but again, that two point percentage does kind of make up for some of that. So we know how this works, but let's inform the audience how it works because people see BYU at 53 and Ken Palm and they go, why doesn't Ken like BYU? It has nothing to do with that. You go offensive efficiency, which is points per 100 possession, minus defensive efficiency, points per 100 possession, and then it's listed. It's not an opinion thing from you. It's just how BYU performs, right? Yeah, there are 347 teams, or you know, 357 in a normal year, but 347 that are active this year. So it would, you know, it would just be uh, too much work for me to like go through and adjust every team <laughs> and figure out, you know. Which team do I like and which team do I don't like? Like I'm, I'm a little lazy on that front. And you so, have more uh, hair to maintain now. You don't have time for this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, you gotta have priorities, and uh, so this, yeah, this just kind of runs automatically. Yep. I love the BYU fan, and I saw this on Twitter the other day. Kentucky's number fifty-four. So clearly, there's some favoritism towards Kentucky. One spot behind BYU when they're four and eight, right, Ken? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll point out that Kentucky has dropped to 58 uh, since that tweet. So it's so, even worse. Like, yeah. Yeah. Following yeah. Yeah. like crazy. I don't understand why we're picking on Kentucky, actually. Like, Penn State is 48th, and they're 3 and 6. So, uh, <laughs> talk about them. Yeah, wait a minute. So, clearly, yeah, I mean, I mean, Ken, Gonzaga seems to be at the peak of their powers. It's been an incredible run for them. Is this the best Gonzaga team ever by the numbers? 
Yeah, by the numbers, I think so. I think just uh, by watching them, I think so. Like the real, you know, the challenger is, is the 2017 team that went 29 and 0, and and obviously uh, lost to BYU in that uh, that season finale, and then ended up going to the national title game and losing to North Carolina. And that was a team that ranked first defensively, 16th offensively. They finished number one in my in my ratings, even despite losing to Carolina in the title game. Uh, this year, they're they're number two offensively behind Iowa. They're 13th defensively. Um, again, they're number one in my my ratings, and I feel pretty confident that they're going to stay there, even though Baylor's pushing them pretty hard. I think they're going to stay there heading into the tournament. Uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a really solid team. Uh, you know, I've made this point before, and uh, I'll make it again here, but you could certainly make a case if you're filling out an all-WCC team, like you could just make it all five Gonzaga players. Uh, they, you know, they've been that good. Uh, and, uh, you can't say that about too many teams in history in any conference, but, uh, but you could say that about them this year for sure. I think there have been seven or eight players of the week and all but one have been Gonzaga, which I'm, <laughs> we're like, can we just name a non Gonzaga player just so right. BYU has a shot? Well, Ken, uh, let's finish with this. Uh, how do people subscribe to your stuff? Because we do, and we love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, KenPom.com. It's still uh, the same old price, nineteen ninety five for for twelve months. So uh, sign up and you get access to all the stats I've just been talking about, and you can uh, track BYU for the rest of the season. They should be uh, an interesting team to track. Just add a daily hair tracker to the website, okay, Ken? <laughs> I will do. Yeah, I should take pictures every week. Just... <laughs> Ken, you were you were you were pushing it back a lot. I think you'd like that. I think you'd like that you can do this now. <laughs> No shame. It's definitely, you know, I, I felt like uh, I've always felt, I always felt like rebelling kind of growing up and really never had the guts to do that. But uh, now I'm doing it. And yeah, it does feel pretty good. Yeah, I love, I love, it. I love it. Ken, great work as always. Great to catch up with you. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. Ken Pomeroy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. Listen, he's a dude that lives in Salt Lake, but he's a national uh, college basketball guy because when the men's basketball uh, one sheets are out and they aren't out yet, but the committee sits there and looks at certain metrics. His is one of like six. So he's a big deal. We have him on regular. I love it. I love talking to Ken. He's hey, great. To his credit, he went and did something and found a niche that nobody else was uh, really uh, doing. Right. It's unique. In a unique way. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay. Coming up, Matt Bushman joins us and discusses the NFL draft and his recovery from an Achilles injury. And BYU Coastal Carolina. One of the best college football games of the year. I know, it stings. It stings. But according to some, it was epic. This is BYU Sports Nation. We showed this Dax Milne play. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Keek Solano, I need to get your folk, screamo, or rap music fix for the day, or maybe a sea shanty. Kiki has you covered. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation social media platform. A sea shanty. If you are on TikTok, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right? He is Jeremiah it's, Spencer. It's crazy. This is BYU Sports Nation. Not from a sea shanty, but from Studio B. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. ESPN's Bill Connolly has BYU at Coastal Carolina as the third best college football game of the year. What's your Cougar football game of the year? BYU at Boise State. Cougars had never won on the blue. They did so in dominating fashion. Your boy Aaron Goldsmith on that Tyler Algier run. One of the most iconic calls. Pounding the blue! Better than picking them up and putting them down. Yeah, set the tone early. That one was was memorable for me. It's got to be Coastal Carolina. Again, just because it's negative or inconvenient, we shouldn't dismiss it. Yeah, that was crazy, right? And BYU is one yard away from an undefeated season. Wild. Mm. 
Following our conversation with Pro Football Focus's Anthony Tresh yesterday, he tweeted out, Zach Wilson has the highest single-season tight window passing grade in the last two seasons. No, that was the thing. I'm not sure what that qualifies as, but it sounds good. What's your favorite obscure Zach Wilson stat, Jerem? Okay, from Pro Football Focus. Uh, Zach Wilson off play action this season. 20 touchdowns first. Zero interceptions. 154 passer rating first. You know what works in the NFL a lot? Play action. Yeah, mine also comes from Pro Football Focus. Um, I don't know that I would call it obscure. It's just impressive. But over the last five seasons, Zach Wilson has the second highest passing grade, even higher than Joe Burrow, behind only Mac Jones of this year. Yeah, pretty crazy. It's incredible what he did. The ascension. Okay, the Pac-12 announced Larry Scott will be stepping down in June. How does this affect BYU, or does it? I don't think it affects BYU at all directly. Um, It might help relations with the Pac-12, depending on who they hire as the commissioner. But BYU already has a bunch of games scheduled against the Pac-12. I don't know how involved Larry Scott has been, if at all. I think it's more about... uh, the individual schools and programs that Tom Holmo's been working with. So I don't I don't see like a direct impact with BYU. Yeah, I think BYU has a good uh, relationship with the Pac-12. BYU always has, except for Stanford and Cal, who philosophically have issues with BYU, right? So I don't know that it impacts. I wonder who will be. Jamie Zaninovich, former West Coast Conference okay. Commissioner, is in the office there. I wonder if he might be a guy who might uh, take over there. We'll see. Gloria Navarez is a name that has been tossed around as well. Hey, maybe uh, if BYU plays a game on the Pac-12 network, it'll be seen all over the country. Maybe, maybe that's something that will change. I don't think we can make fun of them. <laughs> Hi. Well, from our standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in HD everywhere. We've got an awesome app, but <laughs> careful there. All right, let's move on. BYU women's basketball faces Portland tonight. Lauren Gustin has been a rebounding machine, a double-double machine, Jerem. Will Lauren have more rebounds than any Portland player scores points tonight? She no. just 13. No. Uh, Alex Fowler has scored 31 in the game this year. So, no. Yeah, it's not happening. There will be a Portland player that yeah. scores more points than Lauren Gustin has. But if BYU shuts it down defensively on the other side, then hey, maybe. Hey, maybe. Okay, and with women's soccer, baseball, men and women's basketball, men and women's volleyball, golf, softball, track and field, cross country, gymnastics, tennis, all going simultaneously. Is this too much of a good thing or is this awesome? Ask me after it's over. <laughs> In May. <laughs> I've seen the schedule. I've seen who's calling the games. Yeah. You are calling the majority of these games. Yeah, right now it seems we fun. Have. It's like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Oh. This is going to be awesome. There's some weeks where we're doing five or six games on uh, TV and the app. Yeah. Woo! And depending on, uh, you know, ask our family members how they feel about this. Like, this is. They knew awesome. what we were when they picked us up. It's true. It's true. This is fun. But uh, it's going to be taxing. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for you, the viewer and the listener. You'll have something to watch basically every day. Like there will be like some type of BYU game. It feels like every day of the week except Sunday. I'm pretty sure there's a week where that's true. Yes. Yeah. It's wild. Crazy. Okay. Coming up, I shall spin the wheel of consequence. (laughs) Thanks, Jason. (laughs) Oh, Shep. Doing Jerem dirty. Oh, boy. (laughs) Matt Bushman recovering from a torn Achilles and ready to take the NFL step. Where is he in that recovery process, and what's his pitch to all 32 NFL teams? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get to know the players, coaches, some compelling fan stories. Search Deep Blue on the BYU TV app today. Caleb Lohner was 
featured this week. Next week is Matt Harms. And this just in moments mm-hmm. ago, Joe Lenardi with a fresh bracketology. BYU stays eighth in the uh, first of the last four buys. Utah State was off uh, last four in and last four buys, meaning they were at least ninth in. They're now second in with San Diego State, who's back in the bracket. So those two uh, on equal footing, I guess, right now. BYU has road wins against two other teams currently in the tournament. That's nice. That's good. It's good for the Cougars' resume. That's why they're the eighth to final team in. Two-bid league for the WCC. I don't see St. Mary's making it this year. I really don't. I think it's two-bid league. They probably have to beat Gonzaga to get back in the conversation seriously. And that's, uh, that's Maybe, not happening. Like, if you, beat, uh, if you lead Gonzaga at halftime, like, can that count? Is that a thing? No, it's not? <laughs> no, oh, okay. unfortunately not. Welcome back to the show live from Studio B. It is time that we pick up our conversation with former BYU tight end. It's weird to say that because it feels like he's been here forever. Matt Bushman, yeah. as he prepares for an NFL career, joined us recently on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Matt, first and foremost, let us congratulate you on an outstanding BYU career. Obviously, we would have loved to see you play some more of your senior season, but uh, you have done amazing things uh, while you've been waiting for this, including starting a nonprofit, which uh, was announced uh, just a couple of days ago. So let's start there. Why did you feel like you wanted to get into uh, the nonprofit game and look for opportunities to help kids get into sports programs? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, So I think after my freshman season, I was watching this, this video about JJ Watts foundation and how he started something in college with just like his family members. And I was like, Oh, no way. That's super cool. And I wanted to, I wanted to figure that out, but kind of as I dove into that process, I was like, okay, all the legal work and paperwork is super confusing. Um, but I was still motivated to figure it out. So I just kept trying to chip away at it. And finally we just kind of found the right friends and family that had the skills to help start this nonprofit. And yeah, during the quarantine and after I got hurt, we were like, shoot, look, we might as well announce it and get going so we can have some projects started before the draft and everything. So, and kind of while I'm, I guess, still relevant in Utah. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we're just going to try to help people, kids have sports opportunities in, in any way. So some ideas were helping kids pay like the initial fees to play on sports teams. Like there are kids whose parents just can't, can't afford that. So just kind of helping them get started. And then if there are also teams that need like new uniforms or just new gear, new equipment, um, we want to, we kind of want to jump into that and figure out how we can help in that way. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, obviously uh, we love sports and uh, we know what kind of impact it can have on uh, communities and individuals. So that's great, man. Um, Certainly uh, not unexpected for you to bounce, but uh, I didn't know until I saw your beard that you were officially gone from BYU. (laughs) No, I kid. Um, What went into the decision to uh, not come back to BYU? COVID year could have done it, but at this point uh, you chose to uh, try and go to the NFL. Yeah. Um, so even in my junior year, I was super motivated, like, wow, I, I have the chance to go to the NFL. And it was super tough for me and my family to make that decision to come back. But at the end of the day, we felt kind of prompted and felt like it was right to come back for my senior year. And I had so much planned where I was going to be like the top, the top tight end in the country. I had all these goals to, to really be the best in the country. And Obviously, when I hurt my Achilles, it was kind of easy to question, like, dang, what if I would have just declared after my junior year, everything would have been fine. But 
I don't know. I know God has a, a plan for me and I know that's what needed to happen, I guess. But, um, after I got hurt, I just, I just knew it was time. Like I, the, the work that I put in going into that season, I knew how good, if I were healthy, how good of a season it could have been for not only myself and just seeing how the team did so well, I I think I could have been an extra addition to that, but yeah, it just felt right. felt right for me to move on. I loved everything at BYU and everything that the university did for me, but at the end of the day, um, it just felt like it was, it was my time to give it a shot in the NFL and we'll see how, we'll see what happens. Matt, where are you right now in the recovery process of coming back from that Achilles injury? Yeah, so I'm about four and a half months out. Um, Dr. Fox was my doctor, and he said it usually takes about six months um, to be cleared from the injury. So I'm hoping I was I was hoping right around when the combine was supposed to happen that I would uh, hopefully feel pretty good. But I, I don't know how much I was going to do there, just because I haven't been able to really work on my technique, just because I'm I'm rehabbing so much. So the plan and what I hope for is to be, to be good by pro day, but I'm not going to like rush anything or force bad times to like be with my name at the end of the day. So, um, I should be good by pro day. And so that's kind of end of March and I should be feeling really good by then, but yeah, I'm just going to take it day by day and make the best decision for me. What we don't talk about in this whole process, we always talk about like your injury and your body. What we don't talk about is like the mental health aspect and and the anxiety and even depression that can come with you're at a certain level, right? And you're being talked about as an NFL tight end. Then you get an injury and then the fear is that you kind of get lost in the shuffle, right? So how is that emotionally for you as you try and remind people, hey, I'm here. I can be an NFL tight end. I'm an NFL tight end. Yeah, it's definitely weird, just kind of the fear of the unknown and even like, whoa, what what happens if my Achilles isn't as explosive as it was before? But uh, I don't know. I just try not to think like that too much. You just kind of – your thoughts kind of attract your uh, your mentality, your personality. So I, I'm, I try to stay positive, and the more positive I think, the the, the harder I can work and the, the more rehab I can do to stay focused on the process instead of the outcome. Um, so that's been big for me, just, yeah, focusing on the process and how I'm going to come back and how I'm going to be even better than I was before instead of I need to be like, yeah, just, just worrying about the what ifs, just because a lot of times that just, like like you said, that causes kind of that mental funk where there's the anxieties and depressions. But, yeah, I mean, I feel really good. Um, it's been a dream of mine to, to play in the NFL, and I'm, I'm super confident that I can come back and and, and make an impact on or for whatever team I, I get, I get called to. So, I mean, my, my mentality has been good. Having my daughter is definitely a, a good thing to have just during this time. Cause I've been able to not focus on myself and just learn to rely on my wife and, and focus on my daughter more than myself. So that's been very beneficial also. You're a very busy man. Andy's now four months old, uh, no question. Uh, you're in it right now as far as parenting goes and the games involved there. But, Matt, as uh, you push forward, what are you hearing from the NFL scouts and from your agent that they want to see because of your Achilles injury? What are they going to be looking for on Pro Day? Yeah, so just 
from what I've heard and what I've talked, it's, there's so much unknown and no one really knows where you're like truly projected in the, in the mock drafts and everything. So I'm not focusing on kind of what my grade is or where I'm, where I'm slotted right now that that's just all going to depend on draft day and whatever goes on. So from what, from what the scouts say, what my agents say is truly the, like they understand that an Achilles injury is a pretty tough injury to come back from. So even if I don't feel comfortable running, I don't know, my 40 or my three cone drill, um, they mostly just want to see that I can run routes and, and be able to block. So they want to see my range of motion and my stance and getting in and out of breaks more than the, the specific pro day drills that go on. So that's, uh, I mean, all that stuff, if I feel super good, that'll be a bonus at pro day, but yeah, I, I definitely want to show that I'm, I'm good enough to, to play football again. Cause that's at the end of the day, that's what matters. You can certainly be a player in the NFL if you're undrafted. Half the league is. You can certainly be a tight end that catches a game-winning touchdown pass in the NFC Championship game and have a Liz Frank in the moment, like what your father-in-law, Chad Lewis. So you certainly have an example there. What has he said to you in this process of, listen, I was undrafted. I played in the league. Like, you can still do this. I had an injury, came back, was still a good tight end. How has that motivated you or affected you? Yeah, it just kind of shows that whatever happens on draft day or after draft day, like anything's possible and it's not. I mean, you might, the higher you get drafted, the more opportunities you kind of have to mess up in camp and um, they have a little bit more attachment to you. But that just shows if if your mind's right and you're feeling good, like anything can happen and it doesn't matter um, truly what, what, what happens on draft day. It's what happens when you're on the football field again, so. I'm not too worried about the draft process. I'm just focusing on how I can be my best on the football field again. Former BYU tight end Matt Bushman with us on BYU Sports Nation. Isaac Rex said that the day you hurt your Achilles was one of the, if not the saddest day of his life. He then proceeded to score 12 touchdowns and had 89 written on his uh, arm all year. What did that mean to you to see him go out and perform so well while repping your 89? Yeah, it always felt good when I was either at the games or watching the games to see 89 on his arm and the other tight end's arms. Uh, just kind of one of those feel-good things. But um, also, like, it was just in fall camp and – seeing Isaac's uh, improvements as after his freshman year and going into this year. Um, it was, it was super cool to see that. And I know when you, when your name gets called in kind of a, a random situation like that after an injury a week before a game, it is kind of stressful. And, um, but it was just cool to see how he rallied and, and kept composure and got better as the season went on. Um, I think that's the most important thing is to improve season to season or week to week. And I, and he did that and his role really developed later on in the season. So that was cool to see um, just the tight ends get, get that much love. So if so, you're, if you're yeah. honey hands, is he money hands? He needs a nickname. I guess so. It's whatever the people, <laughs> whatever the people call him. I mean, I didn't, I didn't give myself that nickname. So uh, it's whatever, if you want to call him money hands, that's, that's him. I think he's the Romney cleaner upper. Gunner would get it to the two, and then Isaac would score the touchdown. <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. So, Matt, would you have had 15 touchdown catches then this year if Isaac had 12? 
I guess there's too much unknown right there. Because... <laughs> I put the over under 13 and a half myself, but yeah, no, it, it would have been crazy. And was it, I mean, obviously it was hard, but how hard was it watching the season that BYU had and the opportunity that BYU had when, when it was like, Oh, that was an incredible experience. And you were part of the team. You participated in the black uniforms reveal and you were on the sideline and whatnot. And you tried to inject yourself, but it's not the same when you're not playing. Right. So, what was that experience like for you as you rejoiced with them, but I'm sure it was difficult for you? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely tough. Like, when I was going through the deciding process to stay for my senior year, it was talking to Coach Roderick and hearing him say how much they're going to focus on the tight end, more in the red zone, like like Isaac was able to show, and um, how it was going to be more of a focal point, and that was true in fall camp. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely hard because – that that was like a main reason why I wanted to what I wanted to prove and how I wanted to boost my stock going into the NFL draft. So yeah, it like watching the games and obviously I was so pumped to see the um, success of the team, but I, that's, that's what you want as a player, like four, nine, seven and six, seven and six. Those aren't very fun seasons. They don't feel, they don't like sit very well. You want a, a winning season and the chance to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. So it was definitely tough not being out there, but I was I was excited for the team for sure. Matt, if you were going to make a pitch to all 32 NFL teams uh, via Zoom conversation, what would that sound like right now? Um, I'd say I have the best hands in the country, in my opinion. Honey hands! Most consistent. And I'd also say that my Achilles is I'm on track. I'm ahead of schedule and um, I'm feeling good. So just, just keep me in your, keep me in your mind. Keep me on the notepad. I like confident Matt Bushman. We, we need this more. Just gotta, you gotta stay confident. You can't be, can't be cocky about it, but you gotta be confident. Absolutely. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for your recovery as you prepare for Pro Day and uh, hopefully a call to the NFL. Um, Matt, again, congratulations on an amazing career at BYU. It's great to catch up with you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Matt Bushman on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Apparently he didn't like my confidence quip. But he's a good sport and didn't ultimately leave me hanging. Maybe the Zoom delayed. Who knows? (laughs) Coming up, today's Rise and Shadow. Jerem spins the wheel of consequence again. Oh, and we have some prop picks for tonight's game as well. This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm going to put my shoulder to it. Let's go. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, review, and rate it. All right. Shall we do some uh, prop picks? Because it is a game day for BYU basketball. Presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Hey, Jeremy, spinning the wheel after following two nothing in last week's picks, and your consequence is what does it say? I can't read it. I can't even tell it. I'm gonna turn. What Jeopardy? So you have to. Oh, answer. I have to answer with a question. Every question. Yes. Dang it. <laughs> or what is what? dang it? 
shoot. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ben Bagley, join us for today's picks, won't you? Who is Ben Bagley? All right. Pop pick number one. Which BYU bench player will have the most points tonight? I'm going to go with Connor Harding, Jerem. Who do you have? Who is Caleb Lunner? <laughs> Okay. This is going to go really fast. What is This is kind of a t- entertaining. Prop pick two. Which BYU bench player will have the highest field goal percentage? Or which, which BYU bench player will have the highest field goal percentage with a minimum of three attempts? Okay. Uh, this Richard Harward is going to do it tonight. Who is Caleb Loner? <laughs> You've got this will be the least amount of words I say on this show. <laughs> Last one. What will be BYU's margin of victory? As always, closest without going over. Ooh. I'm going to go 19 points, Jerem. What is 17? <laughs> 17 plus? What is what 17 are, plus? What are 17? <laughs> The Jeopardy answer. You can't say anything else. What? <laughs> I haven't heard you this quiet on the show in maybe forever. <laughs> Our question of the day. We got to go. What? Who's the second best BYU basketball player at this point of the season? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Clyde Livingston answers on Twitter. Jeremy, you want to say this? What is? What is? Nobody is second best. Love the way the starters of the bench team were substituted like a hockey-style line change. This uh, has made a difference at the end of the game. Okay, there you go. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Jerem, who's your Rise and Shoutout? Who are Ryan Millar and Asi Antonetti. <laughs> Very great podcast, CrossNet, fun time on Ryan's uh, podcast, Asi was on. I'm giving it to the internet for being undefeated, thinking about uh, Bernie Sanders <laughs> and the memes that came out yesterday. Of course, for him watching the, uh, the show, too. Our thanks to today. Yes, Ken Pomeroy and Matt Bushman. Sorry to who is Dennis Pitt in no time. Uh, for Jerem, uh, I am Spencer. Shout out to the Ingle family. We'll see you for BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Go Cougs.